0: How ridiculous is it that Nick Cage won an Oscar for receiving the world's saddest handjob?
1: Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another thrilling... Oscar season, baby! We're here live from the red carpet. We have all the stars turning up for the 1995 Oscar Award. There's Bradley Pitt. He's looking good in a white tuxedo. Over there, who's that? It's Bridget Fonda. It's a thrill to be here at the, the event. Everyone's looking absolutely beautiful in their dresses. Larry Fishburne coming down the carpet just now. Here's baby version of Steve Coogan crossing the floor. It's a thrill to be here. The snap of the cameras, the smell of the aftershaves. It really is a monumental event and boy Daniel let me tell you I can't wait to see what competition lies ahead for us today.
0: You're right that's a very positive uh, intro for what what's about to get quite bleak. (laughs) Yeah listen man I'm keeping it swinging up because yeah let's let's try and keep this uh, a high energy for as long as we can before. Little programming
1: note Daniel and I are recording the morning (laughs) after the night before we both watched Nicolas Cage in his hotly Oscar-tipped Leaving Las Vegas, it's got a lot of Oscar buzz around him. He is, of course, in the category for Best Actor. I'm excited to see how the evening plays out. But let me tell you, dear listener, it was not a very optimistic
0: watch. I I went into this not expecting what I got out of it. What
1: did you go into this expecting?
0: I thought it'd be fun. I thought it was going to be like a full Nick Cage. Like we we spoke about the kind of a uh, the method acting where he would like filmed himself getting drunk. But I I thought this was going to be like a. I thought this was going to be a lot more light-hearted. Considering the calibre of films that we've had building up to this, this is his most serious role and then some. And it's
1: just, it's so bleak. The subject matter of the film Leaving Las Vegas is something very delicate. And Nick's done an amount of that in the past. Never an entire film of it. Yeah, and as an example, he's played parallel to like Matthew Modine in in birdie and we we even speculated that if these roles had been reversed it'd be quite something so i think possibly this is one of the first times cage has properly taken on something as vulnerable as this
0: this must have been a terrifying film to approach as an actor absolutely but um, you, you can't go any further without just saying straight away he is incredible in this
1: yeah he is great So he really like once you
0: kind of once this, like, you kind of set the vibe for this and it's not the kind of playful take on this that we kind of expect from some of Nick's films um, I became very worried about how this was going to play out and how he would cope and whether he would keep it reined in whether he would stick to one character and one accent yeah you know what i mean but he he really does an incredible job in this he
1: commits to the bit in, in a major way and just just to re- kind of reiterate your point the film opens up and it is we are seeing one of the worst versions of cage we maybe ever had he is just out of control he is like in very intense with women he's Uh, uh, he's a complete mess and this becomes evident why after the fact when we learn that the character he's playing Ben Sherman (laughs) that's not his name we'll go with Sherman, I don't mind that Ben Sherman (laughs) is a functioning alcoholic and that this character pulls no punches about that throughout the the entire film but the opening perhaps 10 minutes uh, sees Cage going through the motions of being this functioning alcoholic and Uh, shaking people he knows from his past down for money so he can get drink, losing his job, bumbling through life, admitting he has a problem, denying he has a problem, admitting he has a problem, ad nauseum. He loses his job and his old employer who's had to let him go because presumably of his alcohol addiction problem asks him what he's going to do next after a a fairly healthy severance paycheck to which Cade says, I think I'm going to move to Vegas. Uh, and that that's 10 15 minutes into it yeah, then in the
0: credits then the hit. credits roll that, this is why i got the wrong vibe from this because those first 10 minutes is you know it's the, the subject matter is heavy but they dance around it it's very light footed
1: yeah it's it's slapstick almost at points yeah,
0: yeah they they kind of like it's a laugh at the drunk not cry with the drunk yeah. but the, So the, the whole
1: the rest of this film essentially... Everything post-credits is they get any potential laughs you would have out of the way early doors.
0: And I think that's such a smart move because it really sets you up for a very harrowing experience with this film.
1: And the journey you go on with the character is just amplified because at first you... you, And I, I, from watching it and perhaps you had a similar experience, I went through... So many different feelings about Ben Sherman in this. Yeah. uh, And how he. I I
0: found it very difficult to know if I was on his side or not. You
1: pity him, you loathe him, you sympathise. He's,
0: I think, deep down at heart, one of the most lovable characters that Nick's played. Yeah. But is also so problematic and wrapped up in this addiction. That it's it's so frustrating to watch, and that performance that he gives really does portray that in such a way where you manage to feel everything about him as if it, as if it was a friend. I don't know if I'm saying that as someone that has spent the best part of three weeks watching this guy, <laughs> but I I really I really felt almost almost close to this character.
1: I've never watched an actor try and tackle a role like that in that way.
0: No, this is very and heavy.
1: Completely right. It must have been. Very daunting to approach this. But that's our Nicky, isn't it? He doesn't really back down from a challenge like that. And after the snooze fest, he's delivered us most of this week. He has doubled down on this film. And it's a huge payoff. Yeah, it's great. So we're we're blowing a lot of uh, nice-smelling smoke towards this man's bottom at this point. Let's uh, <laughs> contextualise it a little bit more, shall so we? Let's
0: pick up with when he actually goes to Vegas and we find out that his main motive after thinking this was going to be quite a fun uh kind of more slapstick approach as we said from the first 10 minutes is he's moved to vegas because he's going to uh he's sold up everything maxed out his credit cards just withdrawn all money and he's planning to drink himself to death quite literally
1: he's he, he pours no punches
0: about that he's completely unforgiving unapologetic this is what he wants to do he's going to do it He just wants to be accepted for that. And he finds solace in uh, a prostitute, which he hires for the night, but then doesn't actually sleep with. He just wants to spend time with someone. And they form this strange bond where I think they're both uh, kind of content with the idea that the other person isn't trying to change them. He's fine with her life. And she's not, if anything, she's enabling him with his alcohol problem. Uh, as the film progresses it kind of plunges more into this uh more into the pits of this and we find ourselves in the trenches where they find that uh Sarah, who's playing the, the prostitute as I uh, ended up as catches feelings in a very bad way for Ben. Mm. Um it's then kind of strange you you're left unsure where Ben's head is at with this because he's just drunk permanently in this film. And his there's, goal there's of his character when, uh,
1: is to die. And it makes for such a strange watch where you have these two characters who are are falling in love and developing all these complicated feelings for each other and have found some solace in one another's company. You know, they're two damaged people circling the drain, but they have each other through all this. But at the end of the day, Ben's end goal is to not live anymore.
0: There's that really, towards the end, there's a scene where he's in bed and he's barely able to, to get up and she she comes in and uh, she like goes to hug him and hold him up and he like goes it's as if they f- he's finally gonna hug her back and he just reaches but then reaches out for a bottle of vodka mm-hmm. on the side of the bed and oh I was just it, it, it's a lot yeah this is not the kind of film that you put on in the background this is this is a heavy film I'd recommend it it's a great film don't do it on a day when you've got other things to do. Yes. And uh, so, uh, full disclosure, one of the reasons we didn't do this yesterday is because after the first kind of going into this and how I read it and what I expected from Nick thing, I thought, Nick's playing alcoholic, I'm going to drink along with Cage.
1: Oh, boy.
0: I thought that was going to be fun.
1: I'd be interested in to know how far into this you decided that that would hospitalise you and you should stop.
0: Well, there's that moment where he's literally just driving down a street in Vegas, just literally downing an entire bottle of vodka before getting to a strip club and downs a bottle of whiskey. I've got to
1: say, like, booze or not on set, Nick Cage can down a drink. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's what a lot of this film is, but no matter what the liquid they were using on set was, that man can get liquid down his throat real fast.
0: Yeah, I did not play that game for the entire film because I realised that that was not the vibe. Uh, I, I played for maybe the first 20 minutes, and I can tell you right now, I have got a fucking headache.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen, but yeah, that's by, just by the, end of the that cage film, all over. Just, I, I, he sets I, the tempo. I,
0: I'm aware that this is a... We, we don't want to use this podcast to just talk about heavy topics. This should be fun and light-hearted. Yes, this is and a I fun episode. After the end of that, I was not in any position to tell jokes. Yeah, I just wanted I was, to lie in bed in yeah. the, the fetal position. and. I, i uh I could sleep in and end ended up make, cooking a pizza at like two a m just thinking about it. It' was fucking horrible,
1: yeah, it was it, it's really a roller coaster. I think you're probably the same as me as I've come into this to try and record for our comedy podcast a bit like, <laughs> oh fuck, cool, let's try crack some jokes
0: yeah let's crack wise about the guy who tries to kill himself
1: but when it's such a wonderful evening as the 1995 Oscars it's impossible not to crack a little bit of a smile as we can see coming down there's Keanu Reeves looking fantastic here <laughs> I hear he's hotly tipped for a new sci-fi thriller coming in the next few years very much looking forward to that I really should have got a list of celebrities open in front you of
0: you have committed to the bit here and I enjoy it I, I, I like this and I hope it keeps coming back with you having to, to clutch at straws of celebrities that might be there in that googling time googling some
1: 1995 celebrities to have in the background <laughs> no not born in 1995 Post Malone coming down oh no
0: <laughs> okay so let's start off with I'm going to make a couple of speculations here okay I know that we're quite deep into the Cage-spiracy at this point mm. is this uh, Nick Cage's gap year from earlier down the lines and we've just found some uh, some stock footage.
1: Oh, I see. Where well, we reckon he went away and he got crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, this would sum it up. He quits his job and he leaves for Vegas. For an undisclosed amount of time and he you know we, we missed him for an entire year where he then just came back not knowing what he was doing
1: there's definitely something there however this will all play into that lizard tattoo which is prime and on display and in position as per usual so I don't know if the gap year he had which I think was in 88 this is without looking just off the top of my head
0: 88 was vampire's kiss so it was before then 85 it was between birdie and the boy in blue
1: right yeah see i don't know if top hat lizard was around in that point maybe he got that tattoo on the gap year that sounds about right that sounds like the kind of thing you would do yeah <laughs> but uh who can say i would um argue and you might have had a similar thing to me i pretty much jumped off my sofa when i saw it but of course this film i speculated was the somewhat sequel to honeymoon in vegas and wouldn't you know it in the back the of one of the shots we get a big old shot of the Bally Hotel oh, I which did not see that which essentially no. essentially bankrolled the last movie <laughs> I would not be surprised if this film was the fallout of uh Jack Singer and SJP's marriage falling apart <laughs> and this is why he drinks himself silly I mean there's even a great line of dialogue where he says and I'm going to do a bad job because I didn't completely write it down but he says something along the lines of, I don't know if I started drinking because my wife left me or my wife left me because I started drinking. We never learn much about the wife. I'm pretty sure that was Sarah Jessica Parker, who is just walking down the carpet right now looking <laughs> glamorous, I must say. Is that Prada? Is that Prada? She's still doing well off the back of Honeymoon Vegas. <laughs> yes, exactly. She got all the money in the divorce settlement, you see.
0: Yeah, that, that was um, that's one of the opening lines. Yeah. Um or at least when he's, uh, at least, but I think it's uh, pre-credits. I'd say. Yes, yeah, I think you're right. When he comes out with the uh, I don't know if I started drinking because my wife left me, or my life, or my wife left me because I started drinking. But fuck it anyway.
1: I think that's why he might head to Vegas. Like his his mind has been destroyed through the the sheer volume of alcohol he's been consuming ad nauseum throughout you know however many years have passed. But I think that's why he heads back to Vegas to remind him of the better times, and that's why we see him sat outside the Bali Hotel this film plays out a lot like a grittier version of pretty woman (laughs) gritty woman (laughs) i like that this is gritty woman starring richard smear (laughs) (laughs) you somehow
0: found a way to make his name worse (laughs) <laughs> Smear heads. Oh, God. I did wonder where all that cornet was coming from in the background of this <laughs> film. Can we take a minute? How good is the music
1: in this? Oh, it's brilliant. Like, like just constantly throwing songs at you.
0: Me and you spoke, uh, possibly off-air, about films that we both really liked quite recently. Um, we both were speaking about the film Birdman and how great some of the, film, uh, the music is in that. Yes. And I... I think it kind of took some uh, some some key points from this. The, the, the way that the the music in the first hand is just kind of like really loose jazz drums and points. It's it's creates such a weird vibe to what you're seeing.
1: I love the way this film was put together. Like the the camera shot choices and some of the like film stocks they're filming on was brilliant, and the the colors and the settings and it was such a such a cool looking movie.
0: I went into this worried that this was going to be uh, you know we we know it's the Oscar nomination for best actor for Nick. But I didn't know if the film was going to live up to that, so I, I went into this thinking Nick's going to absolutely crush what might just be a really average film. But this is incredible the entire way through. Completely agree. There was there was not a moment where I wasn't completely gripped in this. Uh, for better or worse, I say like I said, I came out of it feeling a lot worse. But that's that cinema.
1: That's, that's cinema, baby. That's, that's, that's what it is. This year at the Oscars, and this is quite fascinating. I think there's a particular name on here that's going to jump out as you is very interesting here. We have Nicolas Cage is competing for his role, of course, in Leaving Las Vegas. Other nominees include Richard Dreyfuss for Mr. Holland's Opus, a film I actually missed out on the, the viewings this time around. We also have an entry from Anthony Hopkins, who played Nixon in Nixon. And, most interestingly... We've got an old friend of ours popping up who's in the Oscar noms this year. I'm going to turn your own game against you, Daniel. Want to guess who that is? Oh. Yeah, it doesn't feel so good, does it? No. Who should be competing against Nicolas Cage in the Best Lead Actor nominations this year, the 1996, it turns out, Oscars, but Sean Penn? Oh, I was going to go with Crispin Glover. Uh, no no he's uh the he's, pitch he's, long the grade. <laughs> he's still picking the cockroaches out his rectum oh so sean penn is going head to head in nick cage today these are two friends from humble beginnings former co-stars i'm fascinated to see how this turns out what a beautiful evening
0: sorry if i'm a bit quiet. i'm just reading up on a couple of bits that i wanted to i wanted to bring up
1: that's fine what i would say is that unfortunately through our intense rounds in the past of Quizulous Cage I've now kind of got into a bad habit of just noting down stupid stuff throughout that isn't particularly interesting note wise but it's just like I've got it just in case and I don't know if that's a good habit to get into necessarily.
0: Yeah I I thought I'd give you a break from it one to this I thought the film was heavy enough I didn't want to make you you know, even even more. I don't want to bring any more despair into your life by making any horrible questions.
1: Yeah, watching the trailer for this a bunch of times could be tough work. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm still. You know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I th- I feel like we need to f- build some sort of parameters around Quizless Cage, and that's not just me saying it in the back. Foot.
0: Well, I will t- tell you what, let's let's go in on this, and I'll I'll give you a question. Okay, despite what I was saying. Okay, love it. Well, well, no, no, because I, I feel like you're going to. I feel like I, I've reined it in. How much money in total does Nick spend on booze throughout this film? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <in laughs> uh, that's one dollar twenty-five. <laughs> um, in one of the opening bar scenes where he's talking to a lady, he describes her in a certain way, and I would like to see if you can finish uh, the the phrase that he uses where he describes her as sexy like. Have you got it? Have you got anything for me here?
1: I've got to read it What, what, down, what
0: is she just, sexy
1: like? Let me just search my brain because it was definitely a standout line. She's sexy like the shell of an egg.
0: Oh, what a better way of putting it. But no, unfortunately, it's uh, sexy like a kitty cat. That's a weird thing to say. I know, that's why I wrote it down. Uh, he, he goes on to say afterwards, after he's told that, uh, that the barman tries to stop him from speaking to her because she's clearly had enough. And he goes on to just mutter to himself, as well, well to be honest, he, he says it to himself, but loud enough so everyone around him can hear that uh, he's he's really good in bed believe me
1: but interestingly <laughs> later on in the film he fesses up to Sarah the prostitute character he becomes enamoured with that he's really rubbish in the sack Yeah. so I thought that was very again this is one of the most honest characters I think Cage has played because he's a man with nothing to lose he doesn't fear death he welcomes it quite frankly that I think this is one of the most honest versions because again he's just got it doesn't matter. It, you know, he can say whatever, he can do whatever.
0: Kind of uh, tagging onto the back of that, uh, throughout the entire film, Nick's character Ben refuses to sleep with Sarah. Yeah. Which really brings her down until one of the very final scenes. Where she shags him to death. I know. What a way to go. How ridiculous is it that Nick Cage won an Oscar for receiving the world's saddest hand job? <laughs> Oh, because man. it truly is one of the one of the most bleak things I've ever seen. Whereas for some reason she's giving him manual stimulation whilst he's dying. Yeah, and he's literally just there, kind
1: of shaking. And uh, what a horrendous scene! He has never looked worse in a movie <laughs> because, of course, he's playing someone that has given up in every respect, caring about you know their appearance would be bottom of the list but he is clammy his eyes are drawn i wouldn't be surprised if we found out that nick cage just wasn't sleeping throughout all of this so that he could yeah he could...
0: He, he really looked like he had a problem he like looked. this oof. film in many ways just felt like a huge intervention and it was it was it's bleak there's no other way of saying it um i've got a little cage fact for you, based around this film.
1: Yes, please. I'd love to know more about how this happened. Not so
0: much a cage fact, more of a film fact. So I'm sorry for getting your hopes up there. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a scene where
0: he's in. A, he, he goes into like a breakfast bar, which has got a few bikers in there. Yes. You remember the scene that he gets head I recall. And then gets kicked out of the bar because there's been an altercation. Did you clock the the barman in that scene? Yeah, I did. I I know who he is. Okay, so you know that that's John Lennon's son. I did not know that, wow. It's
1: Julian Lennon, the son of John <laughs> Lennon. Sure, why not? But yeah, I, I found that
0: to be quite quite fascinating.
1: All right, folks, it looks like the ceremony is starting. Everyone's in their seats. The lights are dimming. The chatter is quieting. And it looks like the awards ceremony is about to begin. We have our first category coming up here for best act. I'm keeping everything crossed for our good friend Nicholas, as I hope you all are at home too. There
0: are a lot of definitions of acting but none of them fully catch the elusive enchantment of a great performance. There's only one way to do that, and it's what these five actors have done. They've given the performance.
1: And the winner is?
0: Nicolas Cage. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Nicolas Cage has just won the Oscar for best actor for his performance in Leaving Las Vegas. Who knew? Let's hear what he has to say. Oh boy, oh boy, three and a half million dollar budget, some 16 millimeter film stock thrown in, and I'm holding one of these. I have got to thank the members of the Academy for this, for including me in this group of super talents and and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award. I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting, and I I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Let me thank the awesome, multi-talented Mike Figgis, my incredible, amazing co-star, Elizabeth Shue. I am am gonna share this award with both of you and uh, uh, everyone in my family, my gorgeous wife, Patricia. And I just finally wanna say, hi, Weston, it's daddy. I love you, thank you. a moving speech from the man himself he seemed genuinely very surprised to be winning that oscar
0: it's a very very honest uh, acceptance and it's, it's very nice to see there, there it doesn't feel like that was one that was expected i mean he goes on to saying that that the budget of this was just over three million that is balmy that's insane to then go on and win an oscar from that yeah
1: incredible but at the
0: same time i, I i'm really not surprised with how much I, 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 again, I can't say I've seen all of the other films where um, the best leading actor nominations were from, but they'd have to do a lot of work to get into that same mindset and kind of world that Cage has created here.
1: Totally, this seems like a film he took and probably did on the cheap because he, like he, he goes on to say in his speech, and I think this is something actually quite on the nose about Cage that he he loves acting. Yeah and like i think that is evident from what we've seen so far for better or for worse he just he keeps taking roles and stuff whether or not they're necessarily that good for him and that's definitely evident later in his career but the dude just loves to act he loves to do his job
0: i read in a short interview with him about how he why he takes so many roles and he's just saying that he just loves it so much but he uh, when people say about the kind of roles that he takes he just says that he just tries to deliver two good scenes per film and then he's happy mm but he's he I think that's why he's just he's so. He just it's just all he wants to do.
1: Okay, that's great. So now we can actually effectively do good scene bingo with Nick Cage <laughs> and like how close he gets to hitting his quota. Which were the two good scenes. <laughs> well, folks, what a beautiful evening it's been. Very generous of Cage to offer to uh share his Oscar award with the rest of the cast and the crew of the film. Just a shame that in the year twenty twenty, Nicolas Cage does not know where his Oscar is. What? Nicholas Cage, I'm just watching a video now. <laughs> He's lost his Oscar. He's uh saying I think it used to be in my old bar, but maybe now it's in my office. I don't know. I haven't been to check out the place yet, so it's probably there. Maybe. <laughs> Nicholas.
0: I love that that it's it's just not a focal point for him. Yeah. I loved it. It's just, uh, this is cool that I got it, but... That's not why he's doing it. You no, know, that's that's really apparent in some of the roles that he takes and the kind of interviews we see with him. He just, he's It's really apparent in some of the roles he takes. <laughs> yeah, he's really not into Oscars. <laughs> As we've seen from Deadfall, he's really not that interested in winning Oscars. But it's lovely that he did.
1: Good on him. <laughs> I'm sure it goes without saying, but the unfortunately deceased Ben Sherman could not participate in cage match today and Lou we held an Oscar ceremony in his honour. Hope everyone understands that so moving forward yet again we have Little Junior Brown will be moving on to tomorrow's cage match.
0: So let's talk about the main cage moment we get on this where he's in the casino okay, and he he freaks out, pulls an entire poker table down almost onto himself uh, knocks over uh, a waitress who then just stays down. (laughs) Yep. It's just all the while just screaming, and
1: all shot from one long shot from a balcony above, like almost voyeuristic style, almost like a security camera. So yeah. you really feel like you're you're not part of the moment. You're just seeing it, and it's uh, and it makes you feel like you're there in the room doing it, and you are obligated to act in the way and feel the way that someone in the room would have, in opposed to being on the table with them and understanding his situation. You're just seeing someone out of nowhere going crazy and Oh boy. I could talk a lot about this film, but I uh, I don't think it'll be fun or funny and I think I will end up bumming myself out. Yeah. This film is undeniably a Cage classic. There's nowhere it out is of that the yet. most disgusting version of Nick Cage you're gonna see, but it's presented in such a way that you will go through the motions and a, a whole range of feelings watching this character live the last moments of his life. Yeah, wh- what a downer. Thanks so much for everyone that tuned in to listen to this one today. Listen, they can't all be funny. But they
0: can all be good. And that's what we've got coming up this
1: but week. But they can all be good. And if nothing else, that's what you should take away that this is a very good film. And the start The first day of our golden run. Moving on tomorrow, Daniel, tell us about what we got.
0: We've got The Rock, where Nick is going to be playing Stanley Goodspeed. Uh, A mild-mannered chemist and an ex-con must lead the counter-strike when a rogue group of military men led by a renegade general... Threaten a nerve gas attack from Alcatraz against San Francisco. Blimey! This is directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> this is starring what? Sean Connery and Ed Harris.
1: Michael Bay directed this. Yep. Transformers director Michael Bay. Lens flare explosion. Michael Bay.
0: This is OG Michael Bay.
1: Wow. You know, what? I don't know much about his early films. I'm fascinated to see how this plays out, and I never knew that he'd interacted with Cage in this way.
0: Oh, I, I've I've seen this before, and this is. Utterly fantastic! I think you're you are going to love this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen Sean Connery in ages. I know this is this is going to be brilliant. Um, I'll leave you with the tagline from the poster, as we like to do. So it says, "A Alcatraz. Only one man has ever broken out. Now five million lives depend on two men breaking in." Whoa!
1: Yes, I am hooked. You are going to have a great time today, Ben. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. Thank you, Daniel, for your time. Always a pleasure. Yeah, always pal. Thank you, Nicholas, for. Wow, that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yikes. There's not much else to say about it. And like we say every day on the show, despite my rage, we're still hanging out with Nick Cage. See you later. See ya. Daddy, I love you, thank you.